today in the special Encore presentation of Compassion Radio. What's been really the toughest thing to accept in this whole ethnic cleansing is, has been the violence against women and children. Our tribal roots, pre-Christianity, we were warring tribes, we were headhunters, but we had a code of honor. The war was between the men. You didn't attack the women, women weren't raped, kids weren't attacked or killed. But in this unleashing of terror, we have seen just some horrific things. Hi, and welcome to Compassion Radio, the daily journal of life at the front lines of faith. And nowhere on earth possibly is like Manipur, India right now. On this All Saints Day, it's a perfect time to focus on the modern saints paying the highest price to follow Christ. Yes, actual persecution of believers still exists, and every day somebody somewhere will be denied help, falsely imprisoned, robbed, beaten, or even murdered simply because they dare to follow Christ publicly. John Bediety of Bibles for the World is back for part two of a report on the latest outburst of anti-Christian violence which just so happened to explode in his own backyard, literally. Thanks for joining us today and for standing with believers around the world being persecuted right now. We'll pick it up with John's answer to what makes the recent attacks so disturbing to him. What's been really the toughest thing to accept in this whole ethnic cleansing is, has been the violence against women and children. Because our tribal roots, pre-Christianity, we were warring tribes, we were headhunters, but we had a code of honor. The war was between the men, and you didn't attack the women, you know, women weren't raped kids weren't attacked or killed. But in this uh, unleashing of terror, we have seen just some horrific things, violence and rapes against women, even kids, I mean, seven, ten years old, five years old, being butchered Mm. for no reason, just because they were there, and even elderly women. And then later there claims the lies that have gone out saying, oh, she was carrying an automatic weapon or something. It's like, I doubt that a 75-year-old woman was, you know, (laughs) engaged in this conflict. See, the government shut down the internet, and so only those who were going to put out the party line, as it were, were allowed access to the few points of internet connection in the Department of Information and Public Relations, and so they could get online and file their stories. Well, if you were going to file a story that was anything against what the government wanted to hear or wanted to go out, you couldn't get access. And so they were really controlling, even now, the messaging. They opened it up briefly, and then they shut it back down. And um, I just heard they extended it now till October 26th, uh, the ban on Internet. And so um, they are really trying to control the message that goes out. This is the type of thing you see in you know totalitarian societies. Yes. And people who have something to hide, yeah. basically. Uh, that's what's going on here. Okay, let me ask you about how you have trained or prepared your leaders, your people, to interact with those who have been so traumatized. There's no code of honor that you're seeing that is culturally significant or relevant to the conflict you're in. It's new territory for you. And you taught peace with your churches for the past 75 years. You have built a culture of peace based on the words of Jesus. 
And now you have to prepare your people who have not had to face it firsthand to go to their own children, their own mothers, their own aunties, and ask them, how do we minister to you? How the Holy Spirit can inspire them to reach out when they have no words to say? How is that working out, John? When you send your people to care for them, how is the Holy Spirit stepping in in ways you were not expecting? That's interesting because it certainly has been challenging. Everyone, you know, I called all our leaders out to the neighboring state, and they had been right there in the thick of it, in the front lines, in the relief camps, trying to work inter-tribal committees, ad hoc committees that were formed. And everybody, even in the early days, just trying to get a handle on what is going on here because it was politically motivated, economically, was it ethnic, was it communal, um, was it religious? There are all these questions because the expressions of violence were coming out in so many different ways. So it has been really something that the church has pulled together, keeping their pastors and their elders, as the elders play a huge role in the villages and the communities, to reach out and uh, continue to keep the people strong in their faith, even as they are still trying to defend their villages from the onslaught of attacks that come where it was a daily thing. It's now every three to five days, but then they have to be at the ready. And so there's been a lot of assurances come from God's Word. Mm. Even as we see in the Old Testament, the Psalms of David and other things from the Old Testament prophets. Laments. Yep. How God will not forsake his people. Mm. And uh, that's what the people are clinging to right now. Because, you know, with the uh, radicalized Hindus, Maytays, they're being joined by the state police and the commandos and other insurgent groups. So they're all banding together against the Christian tribals. And they've got all the vehicles and all the support, and they'll come out in 30 to 50 vehicles and just attack a village and set it on fire, you know, run amok for six or eight hours and killing everyone that they see. Fortunately, a lot of times these villages are able to evacuate and head into the hills and run the jungle trails and escape to safety. But that's been the constant occurrence here for the last five and a half months. We never know when they're going to attack. And so just clinging to our faith in God and the hope that he gives through his son, Jesus Christ, this has been so, so vital to the people being able to withstand this continuous onslaught. Well, hearing from people groups like the Karen and the Kareni over on the Burma side of the border away from you all, not that far, the spirit of this kind of Abaddon, this destruction, seems to be washing over that part of the world right now. And it seems like the way they describe God showing up for them has been that in the hour of death, the word comes alive. Mm -hmm. I don't always understand that viscerally, but they do. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like your people have had to draw close to the sufferings of Christ in a whole new way in this century, in this generation, that they would never have expected in a modern society as India rapidly modernizes. And yet that very old, destructive and anti-Christ spirit is still alive and well out there, so to speak, Mm -hmm. even though it's nothing but death. So in that context of something that is an eternal, I won't say eternal because I think God has finally put it to an end, but in this centuries or millennia old conflict spiritually, where is the progress? Where are we working toward his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? How is it? that we can have hope for change that will actually open up opportunity for people to flourish in freedom of conscience and faith and in knowledge of the goodness and the power of God. How are we looking forward to that? And how do you encourage your people to pray and to act in the context of the kind of violence they're seeing around them? 
we do know that ultimately this is just one battle and, and our God is the victor and we cling to that. But we've also seen God show up in some amazing ways. As I've received reports, there's attack on a village and everybody went into kind of this drainage canal, all the villagers, the attacking Métis. They started firing the opposite direction. There's total misdirection, hmm. you know, firing in this opposite hillside as if they were there. And they, they were peeping out of this drainage canal saying, why are they not firing our way? They're firing the wrong way. And they were able to almost the entire village escape to safety. And of course, a lot of their homes were torched and all, but at least their lives were safe. There were other times that the Métis have attacked. And they came back with reports that said, who are those people wearing the white uniforms? We kept mm-hmm. firing at them, and they would never die. And we just know God has sent his, his angels at times here mm-hmm. to protect his people from these attacks. And so there's been a number of these reports that truly are miraculous, and that God has saved hundreds, if not thousands, of lives in some of these villages that are right on the front lines. Well, John, you're in a context of a worldwide battle for something. There's no doubt for me that at the result of a pandemic coming out of that, that the upsetting of the apple cart in so many socioeconomic and political systems around the world being agitated and being thrown into confusion and eventually to violence and war. We thought it would stop with Ukraine, just get that war settled and move on to something else. No, it seems to be pinballing and snowballing at the same time. And now we've got Israel at war with not just Hamas, it seems, but with an entire people group. And we have an entire community of tens of thousands of Christians in Gaza that are under fire from both sides. Is it like God just wants us all to suffer right now? What do you sense God's doing in this? That's a tough question, Bram, because I was at a meeting just a couple weeks ago on religious freedom. Uh, Ambassador Sam Brownbeck was in town. And in the course of that, realized I've been so focused on what's happening in our part of India and realizing, and this was before the Hamas attack in Israel, but, um, you know, how things are are really erupting in in different places around the world, in Armenia. Yes. And of course, as you mentioned in Burma, and I had spent some time with a dear friend, uh, David Eubank, of Burma Rangers, and seen his videos, recent attacks of the Burmese military against the the Karen and the Hill tribes, again, Christian Hill tribes, same type of scenario as we're facing in Manipur, and just realizing, you know, we are in a very troubled time right now. Um, for sure. And it certainly is drawing people closer to the Lord. I do see that strengthening their faith. I mean, there's persecution being unleashed across India like never before with the BJP government now in its second term and, you know, going into elections next year. As we have seen, they're radicalized Hindus across North India attacking churches and Christians and pastors and getting them falsely imprisoned, things like that. And just knowing that mm-hmm. government machinery will, at the very least, turn a blind eye to it, or if not, give them support in this. India now, I think, in this year, 2023, has been experiencing violence against Christians at a rate of two and a half incidents per day. There's already mm-hmm. over 600 incidents of violence. Um, last statistics I saw. You know, just seeing the body of Christ drawing together stronger, really clinging to their hope and faith in Him. That's one thing that we see across the world right now. 
you know, our Lord, our God responds to that. Yeah. Continuing to provide strength and sustenance for his people. Well, when someone says to you, well, they're not my people group, there's not something I'm concerned about. I've never been to that part of the world. I'm more worried about the kingdom of God over here because they're my people or they're my cup of tea or they're in my place of the world I have an interest in. It seems to me that the compartmentalizing of Western and the global South, their interest in helping the church around the world can be such that we get so fragmented that we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the whole family drawing together. We see it fractioning. That would seem to me to be a great victory for the devil to have the entire kingdom of God not even aware of each other's suffering, not even know that their left arm or their right foot are in pain and don't offer it up to the doctor to heal it. But when we discover that it seems to be a bigger picture, that a people group that I've never known before is facing the same thing right now as this other group I've heard about in this country, or people literally discovering that they are Christians in refugee camps in Turkey or in Syria, or that there has been a 1,500 to 2,000 year history of Christianity in Gaza that they had no clue was there then they start waking up or they have their preconceptions challenged that, oh, there's no Christians there. I don't have to worry about it. Just take care of business army. We forget by our ignorance that there is a living body out there, people that are our family. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And now, back to the broadcast. We forget by our ignorance that there is a living body out there, people that are our family. If we don't get engaged on this on the spiritual level, at the very least, that we have missed the glowing opportunity to be part of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment now. Mm-hmm. So... In your particular circumstance, I want our listeners to understand a kind of a metaphor here. Maybe you've been involved with other missions agencies and other Bible placement agencies like Gideon's or International Bible Society or something. If someone came to you and said, your favorite organization is under attack, they would say, what do you mean? Well, the CEO of this organization is running for his life. His church was just burned in their headquarters city. Their teachers, the people that actually help place Bibles, are being pilloried in town to go into. They're having their property stolen. Their children have been abducted. How would you react to that? If people that you have sent money to before are suddenly under attack, would it not heighten your awareness or your willingness to pray and invest? Well, that's where Compassion Radio sits right now in our relationship with Bibles for the World. We have invested in and encouraged you, our listeners, to be part of Bible projects that have brought the gospel to the nth mile in China, in Southeast Asia, in all kinds of parts of the world. And right now, John Podiati is telling us that the very people that we have supported, that have sent out and have supplied and given boxes of Bibles to take them, are right now at risk of dying on the front lines of faith. Does that not move you? 
So, John, I want to tell you that I want to commit that we as an organization will push for resupplying your people who have lost not just their material goods, but the word of God in their hands. You've mentioned pastors. You've been spending every dime you've got in India to put the Bible back in pastors' hands that don't have it anymore because it was burned up in their house. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call this project yet, but it's on my heart to say we need to be supplying and resupplying and preparing your leaders and your missionaries. People actually are building churches and bringing the word of God to all four corners of the globe to give them the tools they need so that they don't lose hope They don't lose a connection with the Holy Spirit that will give them incredible insight and wisdom to step out with boldness of faith and to see miracles happen. I don't want to miss that opportunity. So that's where I want to focus on for the rest of this year for our ministry in partnership with yours. That will be wonderful because that's something that, as I mentioned, we gave out pretty much everything we had in the languages and dialects of the people there. We were buying from any source we could. And just seeing tremendous need there to strengthen, not only physically, not only medically, but to strengthen the people spiritually. And by God's grace, we were able to provide most of the pastors, though there's pockets that I still need to provide to pastors and elders. But now we also want to extend that to at least one Bible to every family in those relief Mm -hmm. camps or who are taking shelter in some relative or family or friend's house across this whole region. Um, so that those Bibles can be replaced and God's Word can be the source of hope and truth and light and sustenance for them during these very difficult times. It is a worldwide conflict that we're in right now, friends. This is a spiritual battle galore. And John Podiety and his people are on the front lines, as his father and his generation before them were. I know that I know, John, that God led your grandfathers and your great-uncles and your father into a certain path that prepared your people your part of the world to be not just saved because of the gospel, to become a fountain, a fonthead of outreach, to become one of the great movers and shakers in the 21st century to accomplishing the Great Commission and seeing God's kingdom, his rule, come to people who had never known it. Mm-hmm. I'm asking our people to pray and get involved with that. Before we close off this particular interview, I just want to ask you, are there any other things or focuses that keep welling up in you and you don't know quite how to express it to others, but you know that Compassion Radio listeners are brave enough to enter into that place with you and you want to share something else with them? Well, I'll be traveling into this region of India again here um, and spending about seven weeks based in that area, we are taking a medical team in of Americans and we can't take them into Manipur State. It's just a little, still a little too risky, but we're taking them into the neighboring states where there are about 13,000 displaced persons in the relief camps and we'll be ministering in, in a couple of those key villages and bringing them in from the neighboring or nearby villages. And so just, uh, Uh, ask for prayers for our team for safety Mm -hmm. and uh, that we can minister in the name of Jesus Christ and reach out with God's love and uh, tend to the needs there. Um, It's going to be interesting to go into some of these. These are border areas, uh, pretty remote villages that we're going into that we selected and uh, praying for the team. Also, they'll be able to handle these conditions. Uh, We go in there. Uh, It's going to be a rough one, but, uh, you know, just know that God will be going there with us and says that the listeners blanket these areas in prayer. It's in the state of Mizoram to the south of Manipur. So just ask for prayer for that and uh, for our team. You know, even in the midst of all this, it's just been amazing, Bram. Uh, God opening up some 
other opportunities in places, even as uh, post-COVID China is starting to open back up in its own way. Um, mm-hmm. We spent time on the phone with our partners there, and that's opening up for some continued work. Although work has been continuing throughout COVID through the national leaders and churches and, and Christians there, but actually for teams to go back in there. And so yeah. um, we're hoping in the next six months that the doors will be open for that to go back into the country of China. Um, and meanwhile, uh, you know, you and I were in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. there's some uh, things that are continuing to uh, come together there. And that amazing that uh, the doors opening in that communist country for printing and distributing God's Word, that the permissions are being granted by the government yeah. uh, for some unreached people groups there that never would have thought that the government would allow it. Yeah. And also in neighboring Laos. Yes. And uh, I haven't gone public with that, but God's opening some doors there that we may be able to go in there in 2024. So these are things that, you know, even as we're, as I say, we're facing such extreme uh, oppression, persecution in some parts of our work. Um, God continues to open these amazing doors. And so we just uh, continue to be on our knees for him and just say, okay, Lord, if you open these doors, you know, um, provide the resources and the people and the connections and the partners necessary to bring all of these projects together. Well, it takes a brave bunch of people who have a well-grounded faith to look at a situation where even they have become displaced, Mm -hmm. to see that as an opportunity. And your people seem to be responding to their own uprootedness, their their lack of safety or security in the place they thought was home. They're still going to the people that need them. Right. And they have to be now in the tree lines way high above where you thought you would be operating, where you would do your normal medical camps or your school sessions or your seminary work. Suddenly, the seminary is going to be very active and on the foot, chasing after the opportunity where God is very busy right now with those hill tribes who are literally being forced back into the hills. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, of course, we have a lot to pray for with you, but we're very proud of you, too, John, and your people for being that intrepid. And we admire it greatly. I want to be able to keep telling the stories. God gives us a chance to talk about this, that he would keep our channel of communication open, that the story continues to emerge and not just evolve, but become more visible. And our ability to take it to heart, to understand it, to respond to it will continue to grow as well. That's my hope. Last word from me, my friend. Well, Bram, I just thank you for the partnership that we have with you with Compassion Radio and all the listeners out there. you know, your prayers and your support, these are things that really do encourage us, inspire us, and, and give us that strength to keep moving forward. Uh, as I said, God keeps opening doors, windows of opportunity, and it's with the confidence that we can step through those. And it's a lot of that is because, you know, we have people like you behind us, lifting us up in prayer constantly. And uh, I just really, really thank you for the partnership. And I look forward to uh, even more ways that we can work together in the future and travel together and yeah. and experience some of these things, what God is doing firsthand together, uh, you know, around the world. Looking forward to another time of travel with you, Bram. Yeah. 
Indeed. Uh, as much as we want to stand behind you, I definitely myself want to stand side by side with you at those key places. I want to see it for myself. So God, speed us to be able to do that together soon. Thank you so much, John Bediety of Bibles for the World, for giving us this much insight and story of what's been happening these past few months in Manipur, India, that hidden conflict that's been buried under the headlines coming out of the Middle East and Eastern Europe. It's part of the bigger picture, and they're all important because God has apparently ordained this time to be taking on all kinds of new challenges through his people, and we're not going to shy away from it. So, John, thank you again for sharing with us on Compassion Radio. Thank you, Brian. Our need to stand with persecuted Christians in Manipur, India, is undeniable. That we have a long-standing relationship with Bibles for the World, the agency facing the greatest challenge in this situation, makes this the perfect time to join Compassion Radio in this important work. I hope you'll make an effort to do just that today. Compassion Radio is still the radio voice of the global church, and that's completely due to the Lord's provision through you. Give online today at CompassionRadio.com or call us at 1-800-868-2478 or write us P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. We need you, friend, so contact us today.